Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we are two very different Jews talking about the same remarkable Torah together. Hello, Dov Linzer. Hi, Abby. Welcome to a new year of doing the Parsha together. Right. It's so exciting. This is, you know, the cycle begins again, but we're doing the pieces that we skipped. Mm-hmm. So no one should feel like anything's going to be redundant, even though the Torah is factually <laughs> redundant. And we're in Noah of Genesis, Noah. Noah. I mean, it seems like everyone knows Noah because it's, you know, the animals, they came on, they came on, but... <laughs> twosies, twosies. Right. Thank you. Yes. Um, why don't you just sort of anchor us in the story here? Well, you know, the previous Parsha, God created the world and looked at everything and said, it was good, it was good, it was good. And then Breishit, that Parsha ends by Breishit saying... Breishit is Genesis. Genesis, right. And that Parsha ends by saying that once human beings got to uh, doing their actions and their deeds, that uh, they were doing evil, they were doing Ra, you know, bad as opposed to good. So basically, God creates humanity, and they already start screwing up. Exactly. But Dove, just to clarify, the earth became corrupt before God. That means in God's eyes. I have decided to put an end to all flesh, for the earth is filled with lawlessness because of them. I am about to destroy them with the earth. So it is pretty unbelievable that God is about to wipe out everything that he or she made. I mean, Mm -hmm. that, sometimes I think we don't pause long enough to say, what does that say about God? You mean giving up on humanity? Well, also, this is God's creation. Yeah. So is there not some culpability for its flaws and its lawlessness? You made it. (laughs) Well, I think that gets to the question about human beings and free choice and, you know, uh, human beings become divine-like after that first sin and get... Wait, why do you say they become divine-like? Well, that's the... I mean, we're going back to sheep, but the snake says you'll be like God. And then after they eat from the tree, God says, behold, man or the human has become like one of us. So I think that that whole... But is that one of us? Is is being God-like being able to choose between good and evil? I think that that's... One of the, for me, powerful ways of reading that story, that God looks at everything and says, this is good, tells us what to do, and then once we sort of choose our autonomy and independence, and we want to choose and make up our own mind about it, then we're often going to make the wrong choice. But God gives us agency. Exactly. And can you just summarize the idea that we have evil and good born in us, but the idea that we're kind of predestined to have both sides? So last week's parsha also ended with God saying, the inclination of man's heart is always evil. Rock, rock, kol hayom. Every day is evil. Noah doesn't even resist. He doesn't even argue on behalf of his brethren, right? Saying God is choosing Noah to be the one, the sole survivor. Right. And Noah doesn't say or sort of argue for anyone on anyone's behalf. Right. I mean, I think that the rabbis actually hold Noah accountable for that, that he was happy to just follow God's command, save his family, did not feel any sense of responsibility to argue with God for the rest of creation. You know, later we're going to see that Abraham argues with God to save the people of Sodom, and he didn't feel any responsibility to try to persuade people to better their ways. You know, on Yom Kippur, we read about Jonah. God sends him to the city of Nineveh, the sinful city, and he tries to avoid that responsibility, but ultimately he preaches to them to repent, and they listen. So, and Noah is just comfortable for himself and his family to be saved. There's a Yiddish phrase called a tzaddik in pelts, which means like a tzaddik wrapped in a fur coat. Which tzaddik is, is a righteous tzaddik, man. righteous person, right. And, you know, and the point is, if you're cold, you can build a fire and make everybody warm. 
Or you could get yourself a fur coat and just you'll be warm. So what is that type of, you know, the, the verse says Noah, Noah is Noah a Noah just tzaddik, got himself a fur coat. Is a righteous person, but he's a righteous person in pelts and a fur coat. But you why know? is he righteous? <laughs> it really doesn't make sense to someone just intuitively that Noah is picked in some way as being above the rest or superior or having an absence of corruption. It feels kind of corrupt to me to be so selfish. Right. I mean, we don't see any evidence about his actions that would tell us that this is a righteous person. But, you know, at one level, it could be God decide we have to start again. We'll have to take the best person here that's worth saving. And he happened to be the closest one that was worth saving. The verse says he was righteous in his generation. By comparison. Exactly. And there's a low bar. And uh, yeah, the rabbis certainly uh, take him to task. Does it resonate for you that you started with this kind of predisposition to be bad, mm -hmm. like you dove, does that ring true? Or your children? Not that, again, they are bad, but that right. that's in us almost as a given that we have to counter. Just for me, mm -hmm. I, you know, I resist that idea. It's not that I'm perfect or necessarily even, you could call me good, but I don't think I start evil. Right. So I think that, you know, Judaism is different than Christianity in the sense that Christianity speaks about after the fall, we are born in a sinful state. Don't duck it personally. What do you think? Personally, I think that we have, you know, again, this might also be read through the filter of all of my sort of rabbinic upbringing, but I do think that kids, and the, when they're just born and they're babies, they're very, you know, selfish. That's natural, right? They have to worry only about themselves. And then a concern for others and all of our messages about society, about morality has, has to be learned. Has to be learned and taught, taught, right? So I don't think, you know, are human beings inherently good or inherently evil? I tend to believe the traditional rabbinic teaching, which is that we have impulses, strong impulses in both directions. Nick, I think also, though, that evil has to be taught, not just goodness. I don't think selfishness has to be taught, but I think evil has to be taught. So then at the, we, when we go on into the Parsha after this flood and the destruction of the world, God says, you know what, I'm never going to do that again. Right. It just feels like, where's your compass? <laughs> <laughs> or what's making anything any better? If you had to, you know, destroy it all and start over, like I'm thinking like, you know, sometimes, I don't know, you're, make, you're trying to make something, uh, cook a dish or something. And it's like, oh my God, this is a mess. That's, I'm not going to fix this. I'm going to just toss all this and start again. Right. So that's one way of seeing why God wiped it out. But then you would expect him to put something different into the structure of humanity to ensure that this doesn't happen again. So, yeah, I think that that's a very good question. I don't see him making people any different. The one big difference I see is that after the flood, he starts legislating for humanity. He says, you know, anybody who spills the blood of another person shall be, you know, his blood shall be spilled. Um, it's almost it's very legalistic. It's almost not only saying so there's going to be rules now. I'm not leaving right. it to you on your exactly. own because when you are left to your own devices, you can't manage yourselves. Exactly. And these are not like the Ten Commandments. No, they are don't steal, don't murder, civil justice. But they uh, echo system. the Ten Commandments. They're very similar. Some people, Moses Mendelssohn, wanted to see these as like natural law, not even about divine command. But I always found them very powerful because I think it's rare, if not unique, that a religion says that there is a path to living the righteous life, even if you're not part of our religion. You know, and Judaism is saying you could be a Jew and do 613 mitzvot, or you could be a non-Jew. You mean non -Jew. these laws apply to everyone? Everyone. The rabbis understand that there are still these 
divine laws that are given to all of humanity. Saying, I, I am giving you agency, but I'm not leaving you on your own right. because you, you actually do need kind of uh, guardrails. Yeah. You need rules. Don't you, you need think laws. that's the best of both worlds? Like giving us the total freedom of choice, but telling if you want to choose rightly, I'm going to make it clear to you like what I, God, think is the right choices to be making, you know? So to me, that's... Uh, you know, that's like the precursor ultimately to the choosing of Abraham and getting all of the mitzvot that are part of the Torah, which is, you know, we this is sort of coming near the end of the Torah and the end of, the, you know, we sort of a cycle and the end of the Torah ended with like, I'm giving you life and death and the good path and the bad path. You should choose life, choose the good path. So I'm going to spell it out for you. But in the end, it's your choice to make. Before the Noah story, when God says every you know mankind is evil, it was because people saw these beautiful women and took them, you know, these wives of other men and essentially raped them. I don't know if you saw the movie Noah. Did you, did you see that movie? It came out a few years ago. Oh, right now, when they really like created the flood in this dramatic way right. with the water. Yeah. So to me, the powerful image of that movie was it always went back to this image of the Garden of Eden with the hand going on the apple, and it was basically the sense of like you know our desire and our lust or whatever is to just take, 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 even things that aren't ours, that we're not allowed to, and that ultimately is like the raping of the earth, you know, which then brings about the destruction of the earth. Isn't there also the, the echo of the defilement of the Garden of Eden? Like, we took too much. Right. I think we're, like, living that out now, right now in our lives, and, you know, it's so easy to criticize no one to say, oh, I couldn't believe that he just was so self-concerned and he didn't bother telling anybody or doing anything about it, but I sometimes ask, how often is that not exactly us, right? How much are we trying to change our own actions? and make a little bit of a difference? How much are we sort of seeing our responsibility to the earth and to mankind? It echoes also just in the sense of imagining, you know, when they're waiting to have some sign that there is land, that they can mm. disembark off of the ark because they can stand on something. Mm. And you just think about some of the images we've seen. Like the polar bear on the on that little fly Right, float but even like, in Houston or mm. in, you know, the Carolinas or wherever, like they're just, or Puerto Rico, or you're just seeing just what it's like to suddenly not be able to put your foot on, on dry ground. Right, right. It's easy to sort of, I think, blame the Noah's short-sightedness, but I don't think, I mean, we've done what we need to do in terms of taking that responsibility, yeah. Well, here's to the good half of us. <laughs> and Absolutely. Not, and not the, the evil part. Shabbat shalom, Joe. Shabbat shalom, Abby. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrubin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Telushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email, Parsha in Progress at tabletmag.com. Thanks for listening.